Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you. Appreciate you tuning in uh, here this morning. Here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. We'll start things off uh, with the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs and the Titans Sunday night, a nail-biter, terrific football game. We'll look back on that and ahead uh, with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, and his normal Wednesday spot, Papa John's, the Donaldson family uh, here in Central Iowa. They make that possible. Mitch Holtis will lead things off. Uh, at about oh, 11.45 or thereabouts, Nick Oson will catch up with him uh, with some basketball stories, with some football to opine upon uh, with Nick. Of course, he was um, as many of the Iowa State media were yesterday, taking in the Matt Campbell press conference, met with a couple of the players, looked back and ahead with Iowa State's football team and basketball team uh, with Nick Oson coming up at 1145-247-SportsCycloneAlert.com for Nick. Cappy kicks off the second hour of the program. David Kaplan off to Chicago. His normal spot, he joins us every Wednesday at 12.05 to talk Chicago sports. Uh, he's sponsored by Centurion Stone of Iowa, so Cappy kicks off hour number two. And then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on Iowa um, and uh, some of the other stories percolating in college football, the NFL, the NFL, the college football playoff, etc. Uh, but Doc will join us before Trent's play of the day. Circus Sports will sponsor that. That comes up about 10 minutes before the hour of 1 o'clock. How were your plays yesterday? You went off the board. I did. Found some dogs, some mm-hmm. small schools. Maxion came up empty. So, you know what? I didn't see a, I saw maybe 10, but I watched, you know what I did last night? I couldn't be an empire. It's just my glory. Nothing to watch. I mean, I, we didn't have to watch anything for work, right? right? Jets were playing the Stars for first place in the Central They division. won. Yes, they did. They won the fights. <laughs> oh, and yeah. They won the hockey game. Uh, and now they're in first place. But anyways, nobody cares. Um, <laughs> action for you, not good? Nope. Lost that but one. What game were you on? Miami of Ohio. Went opposite of my man, Nathan O'Rourke, and that was not a good call last no. night. Now, the one that I like the most in college basketball, I told you I am fading Providence a lot this mm-hmm. year. They beat Ryder by a point. I was getting like 13 and a half. Oh, jeez. But the other two, I went dumpster diving. Did I you? mean, I, I, was, yeah. I was really in the doldrums because most everybody played Monday. Mm-hmm. I had a, those two teams that I went with yesterday. There were two teams that at least had a little mark when I was doing going through each conference. Was not a strong handicap. That was reaching yesterday. And again, you're going to have those moments yeah. where you yep. have those times. But with Mike Palm and a few other people that we met throughout the years, narrow your focus, know what you're good at, go back to the basics, and that's what we will do here today. We're not going to go crazy. No San Jose State events, whatever godforsaken team I even had yesterday. <laughs> We're going back to basics here for today, Wednesday, because we got a full slate of NBA. You know how good that's been for uh-huh. me. We got a couple of college basketball, but we're not going to go too deep. Football tonight. We got no, no, no. <laughs> no, you've had no, enough. No, it's only one week of Mac. There's Tuesday, Wednesday, next week. I, I'm Wednesday, out. you're out. You're finished. Max, I loved over. it last week. I'm, I'm out. Yeah, college basketball. One of one of the three. Speaking of college basketball, this was from Jeff Goodman earlier today, and you know when he tweeted it, I thought, you know what, you're absolutely right. Um, 26 college hoop games today. In 14 of the 26, a Division One team will face a non-Division One team. In 14 of the 26 games, I get them, they're by games for mm-hmm. some of them. 
You want you want to test. You're not test your team. You want to you want to practice essentially against somebody that's you know not going to be on your bench uh, throughout the regular season. College basketball is missing out an opportunity here, Trent. Look, every other sport, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, NFL Thursday night. Yes. Boom. Right off Monster. the bat. Right. Monster game. You got the Super Bowl champion. It's against a, huge a good bet. team. Yes. College football. The Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not on campus. They're in neutral sites, but it's... There's campus games, though, too. There are a few, yeah. for sure, but it's good team A versus good team B. And teams are moving away from that neutral site element more and more. Which is great. Yes. Yeah, give me the home and homes all day yes. long. Um, Major League Baseball. And it goes all the way through the weekend for college football, too. It, it does, because Sunday they, there's a game, Sunday night, Monday night, Labor mm-hmm. Day weekend. There's a marquee game. Um, Major League Baseball, they put a game on Sunday night ahead Absolutely. of the traditional yes. Monday opener. Why doesn't college basketball take advantage of this seemingly opportunity when Maxson's already lost you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the NBA is still in the first 10 games of the season. NHL's just passed them. NFL doesn't play until tomorrow night. College basketball missing out here? They've done some things in the past. Of course, we had the 24 hours of hoops. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Okay. There was games going on. They weren't great. Remember one year you and I played Stephen F. Austin when Stephen F. Austin was that. really good. Yep. And it, I think it started like 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. our time or something like that. And it was a great game. It went down to the wire. And now at least we had a local connection. And that was when you and I was playing really well. So it was easier to lock in. But there was something on. It was something. Right. Hey, this mid-major is actually supposed to be pretty good. At and I, and we've got those coming in the in the next we, few weeks. In the next week, I think there's you know four teams go to Madison Square Garden or mm. the United Center or the, the, uh, the Thanksgiving Classic, yeah. tournaments, those type of yep. things. But right off the bat, man. Do something. Well, it's going to take somebody because right now it's just easy, right? Here's yeah, a bye yes. game. It's basically a glorified mm-hmm. exhibition. We want to learn about our team. And because you do have some important matchups, and on top of it, one thing that has changed when they used to do a little bit more of that for the first game of the year, and we had the aircraft carrier games a couple of oh, times at the sure. start of the season. Yeah, yeah. One of those is coming back, but it's still, I think, another week away. Those, remember, though, the difference that you see a lot of times is so many conferences are now playing conference games in December. Mm-hmm. And you could ramp into things a little bit more. The importance of those conference games and having them being played in early December because of that, I'm sure it's, we got to get non-conference games in. we got to get these buy games in yeah. anyway. So let's do it here. But it'll take a Calipari. It'll take yeah. a Mark Few. Yeah. It'll take a guy like that to say, all right, enough. We're going to open it up. We're preseason number four. And let's take on preseason number five. Let's right. see. Or how about UNC Kansas getting together again? Right. Yes. I mean, it's not, that, at the end that's of a the, great idea. Right? A rematch of the championship game. Precisely. And put you in, have to play this. This has to be done. Yes. And, and it becomes, Trent, it's not going to hurt the team that gets beat. No. Of course. When not. we get when we get to selection Sunday, nobody's going to hold this against you. Well, remember on November third, they right. lost, and you lost to the defending national championship right. champion on that. Or make the team this that a big deal. That's a great idea. That I love that idea. Who do we call? I don't know. I just came up and popped into my head. Well, of course, this is another problem with college athletics. We don't have a czar of college uh-huh. football and a czar of college basketball, but that is an incredible idea. It doesn't matter who they lose. No. Because your first look is seen to the champion from a year ago. And, and they've probably got a bunch of one and doneers that are going to come and play there. Right. And you got payback. You know, uh-huh. you can do that from last year's game. That is a wonderful idea. We need to bring that up when we get Doster on. He's He knows people yeah. in the business. And college basketball is a lot better than football. Because you got David Warlock, who is essentially kind of that person, mm-hmm. works hand-in-hand with the NCAA right. tournament. So at least you have somebody there. Let's make this happen. And this originated here. 
Miller and Condon <laughs> from Ken Miller. But I mean, nah, no, no, it's our show. It's our show. This originated here. So when this comes to fruition, because it has to now. <laughs> credit, full credit here to Miller and Condon. That there's been a few times that you know, people forget where that first idea usually comes from. It started right here. Well, if, if indeed it does happen, I, I just I just think it's a missed opportunity. Yes, you're exactly that, right. That's my point. Um, to really open on a grand scale, all the other sports do it. It's not like it's going to count against you once we get to Selection Sunday. Uh, so what else from last night? Just one thing of sports wagering, uh, pursuant to the election, and this is as far as we will get. Um, are you surprised that the biggest jewel that's still out there for sports betting markets is California? Mm-hmm. It got beat 84 to 16 or 86 to 14. Trent, it was crushed. I was baffled by that. It's the tribes. They are so powerful. They spend so much money on lobbyists. Mm -hmm. They want to own it. And the tracks want it. And the operators want it. Um, But it's just. The Indian tribes are as powerful in and Florida, where mm-hmm. ironically yes. or not, it still hasn't come. But I mean, come on, Californians are going to find a way to bet on these games, and exactly. they have, and they will continue to do so. And it's great for the border towns in Nevada, right? That, yeah, that actually have is. that. But I I saw that. I thought, what the heck? So what was wrong with the bill? What what did people? It, it was as simple as that. What you said it was the lobbyists. The, the lobbyists yeah. that worked to kill it and got it done. Got people scared of sports wagering, even though it's happening in the what, boogeyman. The Thirty two states now, uh-huh. but not for California. Texas, they don't have it either. They don't have it. Nope. Florida, Texas, nope. California. Yeah. Three and you huge. talk about demographics. These are three different states. They're all huge. Right. But they're made up of different, just demographics. We'll just put it that yeah, way. Yeah. 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 That is baffling to me. I'm with you. Three huge states. Well, Mm -hmm. we did it right. Our our state, we got on it early, and we absolutely knocked it out of the park. Tip of the ball cap to getting that There's only one We don't get into politics much outside of, as it pertains to sports wagering. There's only one thing that this state needs... Pass. It's a little puff for you. It'll never happen. gummy. It'll never happen. Anyways, I never. Nah, never's a long time. You're it right. Is. It's yeah. on, at some point we're, we'll, we'll get there. All right, let's let's go to the NFL for just a couple of minutes. Okay. We uh, we just taped our TV show across the street at MediaCom. Trent, um, when when it comes to the two conferences, and we're not telling anybody anything that they don't know already. You could, and we'll get to the playoff in just a second. But I, I do want to get this in. When it comes to the AFC, I can make a case. I get the Chiefs and the Bills, they look like the two teams to beat, right? Mm -hmm. But you can make a case. I don't think you would fall off your chair if I told you that the Titans are in the Super Bowl or if the Ravens or the Bengals were in the Super Bowl. Would you? Or the Dolphins? Tannehill, I still got problems with him. There's something about Malik Wilson. I know overall he's athletic. The overall numbers, but. But if Tannehill plays on Sunday night, is that a different outcome? You saw the overtime. I mean, that was atrocious. That was bad. Yeah, was he was bad. just overwhelmed. He absolutely was. And two back-to-back, just uh-huh. awful decisions. But there was a couple of throws where he said, No, you're right. He, <laughs> it's a, that one throw the tight end, it just... Mm-hmm. There's something there. Yep. I don't and I'm know. not a Tannehill fan. Yes, I'm not either. Right. And maybe that's the reason that... Because can Ryan Tannehill really, in this... Deep AFC. Well, he can run it a little bit if he has to. He's got some athleticism to him. He does. We keep coming back to that one name, right? And I don't want to say because I feel bad for Trent Dilfer. (laughs) But if he can win a Super Bowl or Brad Johnson. Johnson, yep. There's a couple of them, right? That um, I mean, I hate to say it. Eli Manning. Or I was going to bring up his brother. His brother won one in 2015. Um, 
But you can make a case for a bunch, not yeah. a bunch, probably five, six, maybe seven in the AFC. How about to get to the AFC Championship? Okay, you that's put even it that better. Way. You uh, put that's it that even way. better. Because you got to pull an upset to get there. Uh-huh. And I think those teams can pull up, but back-to-back upsets, beating the Chiefs and Bills, or the Bills and Chiefs, whatever order it'd be for them. And I then beating the Eagles. Or right. The, I think that's too tall of a task. But okay. to get to an AFC Championship game, pull a upset mm-hmm. in the divisional round, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think that number... I think it goes to seven. I do too. I think you got to throw the Jets in there. The Chargers, we know about the talent. With Wilson, you want to throw the Jets in there? Look at that defense. Look at the way. Look what they just no. did to Buffalo. Well, Trent, they've had so many high draft picks every mm-hmm. single year. And, and Salah's doing a nice job there. And in a cold, windy January game, yeah. they can't eat out a 17-13 win? Yeah. Oh, absolutely they mm-hmm. can. I, I think Are they, could... of the two New York teams, are they close? Well, there's three. Uh, remove the Bills. Um, and actually, the, the other two play in New have. Jersey, right? <laughs> yeah. The two teams that play in New Jersey that have New York names, who's closer? To a Super Bowl? To, to, an, a, to, to a, a championship. To a championship. I think it's the Jets. I think it's the Jets, yeah. I got to see more out of the Giants. Yeah, me too. Me that too. win for Buffalo last week, and I know they, the Allen injury. I get it. Still, that one he uncorked the game. It was the longest pass thrown in the NFL this year, and he did so with what is what are they calling sprained elbow? Yes, that's that's the official. So they dodged a bullet by the Suns, oh, yeah. and all of us that have futures on the Bills, we all dodged a collective <laughs> yes, bullet. Right, it was headed our way. That would be a big, big one. Yeah, here's Case Keenum for your tickets. Good luck. Is that he's the backup. He's the backup. Yeah, I've seen Case Keenum. So I know you have. At a future ticket with Case Keenum attached, I would not be very happy. Nope. That's that true. Did. Somebody just texted me, put Joe Flacco on that list. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. One great season. And one great season. And he was so good during that playoff oh, run. Oh, don't tell me about it. I remember the freaking, uh, there's a pain in the ass. Yes. You've had some high moments. <laughs> That's true. You can't complain. You've been pretty good. So let's do the NFC. Who can get to a championship game? Who can game? get to a championship game? Eagles, oh. clearly. More Cowboys? Absolutely. Vikings? No. They get a home game. At least one. And maybe two. Trent of the two oh, seed today. Jeez. Kirk Cousins. He is such a dork. I he is know, such but a you nerd. You know what? He just finds a way to lead Him his team to victory. Wearing the ice and the diamonds and dancing around with the I shirt know. off. And you know they're making fun of him, right? And he has to know it too, doesn't he? Or is he uh, just that? His teammates love him. I, I, they love him. But they're they're making fun of him. Mm-hmm. They're not laughing with him. They're laughing at him. Yeah, but you know who's laughing at the end of the day? Yeah. Kurt Cousins, all the way to the frickin' bank, he's got a guaranteed contract. But how many times do we see these teams? Six straight, one possession. It's unfair. It's, it's unsustainable it, it, it in the is. NFL. Yes. It's unsustainable. And that's why mm-hmm. I like the talent on the team. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you know what the Vikings right now? What's their record officially? 7-1. If they were six and two or five and three, I might like them more than I do at seven and one, just because because this they've is been not, living on the edge, right? Because this is not sustainable, and uh-huh. I, that's where I am. Yes, they're talented enough, absolutely, to get the championship, though. I yes, I went too far. So there. that's three. Forty mm-hmm. ers uh, yeah. We're, we're I agree on the forty ers yeah. What about the team that's leading that division? <sighs> Come on, I don't know how they're. Excuse me, doing it. Geno yeah. Smith. I mean, Pete Carroll. Do you give him a trophy? Coach of the year? I mean, Sariano's done a really good job yeah. in, in Philly. Um, Kenneth but, Walker has been a revelation. Uh-huh. Could probably going to be, he's going to be, uh, now that Brees Hall is out, the rookie of the year. That offensive line is playing at a high mm-hmm. level. It's a very young defense that has warts, mm-hmm. no doubt. But yeah. You know I mean, we didn't put in there? 
Tampa. Last, well, the Super Bowl winner from last year or Tampa Bay. Yeah. Because I don't think they can. Saw both those teams on Sunday. Did those uh-huh. look like teams that are... Well, certainly the Rams didn't. And both those teams will have to win two games to get to an NFC Championship Because game. in all likelihood, they're not going to host. Those two teams. Well, are... Tampa's got a chance to they'll, host. They'll host right. One. in the wild card round, but then they right. go on the road in the then divisional round. The yep. I don't see either of those teams winning the two requisite playoff games just to get to an... No. What I saw Sunday, yeah. there's got to be a lot of improvement. No, I, I, I'm i with you. All right, we're going to get into the uh, NFL playoff, or the NFL, the college football playoff rankings that uh, that came out last night. But this, uh, just you know, put to, to dot I's and cross T's, um, the depth in the, the in the AFC, as opposed to the NFC, um, it sure looks like there is a reason the AFC is in the driver's seat. Uh, college football playoff rankings mm-hmm. in a minute. Let's get Jeff in here. He's been patient. Jeff, what would you like to talk about today, sir? Well, I want to hear you guys' thoughts. I know you guys kind of W and L uh, Iowa and Iowa State football. I don't know if you guys have kind of W and L or the whole season. On. <laughs> well, just. Well, just give you, like, so I'll give you my, my thoughts. First, I'm just going to talk about Iowa basketball. Okay. Um, I think they're deep. Um, yeah. you got a but not too Murray. deep. Well, deep enough where I don't think if they get an injury, they have the length. I think they're going to defend better. They can shoot the rock. We know they push the ball in transition. I'm going to get a little bit out there. I would put, maybe put the tin, the tin cap on. But, <laughs> Trent, I, would lo- I don't know if you could find this. Yeah. But, um. I would love to know what Iowa's odds are to the Sweet 16 because I'm going to make a call right now. I don't know November if I've 9th, seen that. That Iowa, Iowa to the Sweet 16. Um, I think Frank could be coach of the year in the Big Ten. Um, and here's why. You well, know, you're really drinking team. the black and gold yes. Kool-Aid well, this morning. And, well, here's the deal. They've had better teams. I mean, mm-hmm. Trent, Trent, you know all about this. Yes. They've had better teams. But I think that this team is going to overachieve. They're not going to underachieve. I don't think there's going to be any pressure on this team. They don't have any national players of the year. They don't have any mm-hmm. drama. Mm-hmm. They're just going to go out and ball. Mm-hmm. Point, you know, Perkins is going to defend. He can he can get up and down a transition. I think Ulysses is going to be a little better. Sanford can um, fill it up. Yeah, Sanford can fill it up. They've got Lank with Patrick. Yeah. I think that this team, under the radar for a while, because I think they're going to be ranked inside the top 15, and they're going to make some noise and get to the Sweet 16 this year, and we're going to be talking about how I think Fran's been there 13 years, and what a what a revelation that he's done. Not just with the offense, but I think their defense is going to be a a calling card this year. Wow. That's my hot take. I hope you're right. So today. don't 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 hang up. Don't hang up. Okay. Uh, uh, don't hang up real quick because I I don't disagree with what you're saying. By the way, but getting out of the first weekend that would be that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, have you Trent? Uh, I got a question for you, Jeff. But Trent, have you seen where you can? Um, is there Sweet 16 on? I've I never haven't seen, seen that. that. I've seen Final Four odds yeah. just to get to the Final Four. Yeah. I know Bet Rivers has that. I think DraftKings does a couple other places. I have seen that. And I know before the tournament, when the bracket comes out, they will have those odds also Good. to advance to the second weekend. It's uh, Those odds, though, to get to the Final Four for whatever team you're looking at, even if you're kind of taking a longer shot, they're not nearly as good as you'd anticipate. Yeah, not, it's, it's, I'll pass. Yeah, it's not, not a good it. wager. Yeah, and for a Sweet 16, I, I would guess the same thing. You wouldn't get very good numbers, but wouldn't it be incredible? You got a National Player of the Year in Garza. Yeah. A first-team All-American last year. I don't think they're going to have anything close to that this season. I think Chris is going to be good. I think Perkins is going to yeah. be good. And this is the year, then, that they finally break uh, through and get to that something. second weekend. More of a, I guess, complete team, Sign effort, me up. if you will, That's, if that happens. Well, Go ahead, Jeff. And well, let me tell, and, and I could be wrong here, but the Big Ten is down, correct? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, not, okay. And then... 
again, play, you know, coaching basketball, you know, when you're relying on your stars to carry you, I think, you know, the offense and defense could get a little stagnant. Mm-hmm. Now, this year, there isn't, there isn't a star, and I think that any any given day somebody could step up and get you 20, or any, any given ball game, somebody could be that MVP, and I think that's a little bit more sustainable and a little bit more team-friendly. I don't want to say togetherness because I hate that, but I think that this team could be different in the last couple of years they've had and this, you know, the success they've had. And remember, they won a big, a Big Ten conference title last year, mm-hmm. getting them going into this season. And that, to me, I know some of my friends, they don't think that means anything. But you know what? That can give them a boost and have them, the players feeling some success moving forward. And I really think this could be the year for the Iowa Hawks. I'm buying in. Are you going to the, the birthday party tomorrow? Are you coming? I have. I, I coach basketball, so I cannot. I, I would Come love to on, there. dude! Um, you're the you're I, the I, Miller and Condon caller, exactly. I, I, and, and let me give a shout out to the uh, Dowling girls varsity team preseason ranked number six. Mm-hmm. Um, and a shout out to Johnston. Um, they have a freshman coming out, and I've talked about her before. Uh-huh. Johnston's going to be a big time player for the next four years. They're loaded, and they're bringing in Jenica Lewis. Look out for them and Waterloo East. I know I don't know nothing about them, but let's keep it in the CIML, guys. So. <laughs> uh, Jeff, we'll do the birthday party without you this time. All right. Have a good day, guys. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Uh, I, I'm by with Jeff Sullen. Mm-hmm. I am. I can see it. I can envision it. I want to see it <laughs> better defensively. The most important player for Iowa basketball there. The, the guy that they cannot afford to lose. You know my love of Tony Perkins. Yeah, I do. It's not him. No. It's Phil Rebracha. Yeah. Because if because they lose what's it, behind him. There's nothing. No. I know a gun. It's a great story. But, I mean, you, you cheer for him. Yes. The 12 minutes he's in the game. Another guy we're kind of laughing at that with. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know about laughing, but, but yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. I get, you, I get your There's point. major limitations. And, and Riley Mulvey yeah. just hasn't taken a step. No, he has not. No, hasn't taken a step. He was playing with the walk-ons mm. at the end of the game. Mm. First time he got off the bench in a 30-point blowout. Wow. Uh, real quick, college football playoff rankings from last night. They and got it right. I, I think they did, too. Uh, the Pac-12's live. Oh, it is. Very much alive. You know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the last three weeks of the season. Um, not that it is the last three weeks, but yeah. the games that will unfold. UCLA-USC's elimination game. It is. I mean, that's going to be great. Have we had a USC-UCLA game this big? Not since, well, I'm sure there has been in the past. but In recent? Um, Trent, if, I consider recent history like 25 years now. Well, that is for me, too. Yeah. Um, this is a big spot. You see, USC's, I mean, they're scheduled, their path to get here. Pac 12, it's, you got to watch. It, you have to watch these games. Oregon um, this week's getting a lot of love. Mm-hmm. People, hey, Tennessee was also blown out. Yes, the scores are different, but the way the game played out was very similar. And it was week one. And suddenly you got Washington. Yeah. Under the radar. Nope. No Penix can throw they're, it. They're going to play a big, and whoever wins, whoever wins this. And, and look at what Oregon, after that, they get done. This is a rivalry don't, don't game on top rule, of it. rule out the Utes being a factor. Absolutely, because that's who they have next. Uh-huh. And then they wrap up on the road at Oregon State. A, a, a rivalry game. And Oregon State's decent. Yes. They were ranked last week, were they, they were, not? Yes. Yeah. Washington, Utah, Oregon State to finish up. So, And then the if championship they, If they get through that path and then oh. beat USC or UCLA, they deserve to be in. Uh-huh. Ripping off 
would it be 12 straight victories, including the teams that they beat together? But you know what? If, if in all likelihood, if we if they do, you know what they're going to see in the first round? Oh, yep. It's going to be charged. The rematch. <laughs> Good luck to you. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Mitch Holtis joins us next. Before we come back with Mitch, we do have to tell you this. There's, it's time for another $1,000 handoff. Go to KXNO.com right now. Once you get there, you can enter this nationwide contest simply by entering the word bank. Bank at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Bank at KXNO.com. 1125. Mitch Holtis. Uh, next, Nick Oson on Iowa State. Still to come this hour, it's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station. It's 106.3. Now, back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Just past 1130. Nick Oson on Iowa State coming up here in about 15 minutes. Right now, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, it's the Jags at the Chiefs this weekend. Chiefs off a thrilling Sunday night football game, overtime game. What a game it was. Fun to watch. Mitch Holtis, sponsored by uh, Papa John's and the good folks, the Donaldsons, who make that possible. Hello, Mitch, Trent, and Ken. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Well, doing okay. I just feel like the Chiefs are like more reality or better binge watching than Ted Lasso. I mean, it, seriously. They're fun to watch. You, you like him or hate him, it yep. doesn't matter. It's like something crazy is going to happen and, and it did again last week. This season's just been full of drama. It's It's been unreal. Can I talk about a play that I'm guessing nobody talked about after it because so I, obviously the game's unfolding and, and McCall Hardman's back to field a, a punt and a guy uh, 84 for the Chiefs, uh, Justin Watson, who doesn't get a lot of yep. uh, doesn't get a lot of notoriety by any means. He's not back there fielding the punt. Yet the ball, they're trying to you know pin the pin the Chiefs deep, and the ball's up in the air. And Watson, who's nowhere near it, seemingly out of nowhere, runs under the ball, catches the ball, and returns it 17 yards and out of danger. Uh, I don't know if that's coaching. What made him do that? I thought that there, that was a play in the game that is going to fly under everybody's radar that may or may not have made a significant difference in the football game. Do you remember that play? Sure I do, and it's total coaching. Ryan Stonehouse is a very good rookie punter for Tennessee. In fact, he and Tommy Townsend are the top two punters in the league. Stonehouse is one gross. Uh, Chiefs Tommy Townsend's two gross. Townsend's one net. Stonehouse is two net. But the Chiefs and special teams coach uh, Dave Tobe and, and his assistant Andy Hill, who are brilliant, had noticed that Stonehouse is a rookie when he's trying to field position, put everything to the left, 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 yep. left. And they knew that trend. So what they did at the beginning, uh, right after, right before the snap, he wouldn't, Stonehouse, and he's a rookie, wouldn't have had time to adjust. Maybe Ray Guy, the late Ray Guy would have, but... Hmm. Uh, Watson goes and runs right to the spot where Stonehouse had been trying to pin the so-called coffin corner punt. So he, what does Stonehouse do? He punts it right where he always punts it when he wants to pin opponents deep. And Watson is waiting for it, takes it on a fly, and runs it up the field and gives the Chiefs not only okay field position but saves them from near-disastrous field position. So it was total coaching and a brilliant move and something you won't see at any level of football, or at least very, very rare. Four carries for five yards, five carries for five yards, three carries for four yards. Those were the three running backs for Kansas City Sunday night. They got it done. They got a win. But how concerning is it? We're this deep into the season, and outside of a few glimpses, that running game, outside of with Mahomes, just has not been able to get on track. Well, without a few, there's been a few exceptions. Um, 
Pacheco uh, gets San Francisco a little bit of credit as you lay in the win over the Chargers. In fact, a 52-yard run to seal it. But to your point, yeah, it's it's uh, something that uh, the red light goes off where it's got to be better. I think in this game, though, Trent, it's opponent-specific. Tennessee is the most underrated defense in the NFL, yeah. and they have the most underrated player on the most underrated defense, and Justin Simmons. Mm-hmm. They are they might be the hardest team in the league to run the ball against. Now, if the Chief, if we're having this discussion next Wednesday, and the Chiefs didn't show significant improvement uh, in the run game against Jacksonville's defense, which is not bad, but also leads the NFL in missed tackles, then I think the discussion takes on a new life. But I really think last week's game was opponent-specific with a rock-hard Tennessee defense. Uh, Mahomes spread the ball around to a lot of different receivers. Clearly his two guys, Kelsey and, and Smith-Schuster, who's really emerging, um, were, were his two favorite targets in the football game. But let me ask you about a guy that came in around the trade deadline, first-round pick, Kadarius Toney. Uh, didn't see a lot of playing time. He's, I'm, I'm guessing, still you know figuring out the offense. What did you see when he was on the field, Mitch? Well, I, I thought he'd get more targets. I think as the game went on and just became more of a what it you know what it became, which is a rock fight, where those targets diminished and the Chiefs had to change things up a little bit. But what I've seen so far is the Kadarius Tony of Florida. Mm. Uh, I don't know what happened with New York. I wish I could talk to Mike Kafka, who's there now as their offensive coordinator, was with us, the former Northwestern quarterback. But so far, so good with Kadarius Tony and just in the building and on the field. And he's on a fast climb to have a bigger impact than I thought he would this year. So uh, I would say stay tuned on Kadarius Tony. I think the targets are coming, and I think the plays are coming. We get a flex coming up, not this week, but the week after as the Chiefs-Chargers game has been moved. How big of a deal is that inside the organization moved having a game? Out of the night game or no, to, move to the night outstanding. game? Outstanding. Yeah. What, how big of an impact is that to what you guys do and what the organization as a whole has to do? Enormous. Mm-hmm. Enormous and a bigger deal than people realize. Okay. Let's take first and foremost here, Trent. This, and again, you can love them or hate them. You can dislike them, disregard them, but you're going to have to deal with them. That's the Chiefs. Yep. <laughs> uh, I say that humbly, yeah. but it's now America's much watch it is. Um, reality show. They want Mahomes, yep. they, and NBC wants him every game. You, do, you, have, you have six. You have six games you can be on prime time. This will be the Chiefs' fifth game. Uh, and Denver in, in December. Denver's the sixth. Yeah. Yep, that's in December. That's the sixth one. That's also Sunday Night Football. Now, what does it mean to the Chiefs? I, I said the first five games of the year, the Chiefs had five different start times on three different days. Well, just how about you, Trent, having uh, your show is <laughs> going to be at a different time tomorrow, then it's going to be a different time uh, Friday, and next week you're going to be on evenings, then the next week you'll be on mornings, and then on Friday of that morning week you'll be on evenings. Mm. Okay. It's it's a matter of the you have to adjust, but it's a big organization. You're you're not you're not driving a speedboat here. This is a big <laughs> aircraft carrier, and so the pebble in the pond is the start time of that game. Plus, you're asking the teams uh, Chiefs again to go to a West Coast game, uh, and you're going to get in at five five thirty in the morning and start your next week right away, and that's the Rams. So, uh, it's not that it, it's it's just a challenge. I'm I'm glad you brought it up because. People can watch or listen and just turn it on or off. But for the teams that are involved, and it's particularly the traveling team, 
uh, it's a big deal. It's been a mad scramble, uh, and you don't want to take the focus off this Jacksonville game, but it's a mad scramble now because everything next week changes. Uh, speaking of changes, things may have changed as far as uh, and there's a lot of football to be played. I get it. But the Bills getting beat this past weekend opens up a door, Mitch Holtis, that um, you know certainly d- d- going into the weekend didn't appear was going to be opened up. Uh, how close to potential uh, do they pay to that, if at all, knowing that we're just you know coming up to Week 10? Well, it's the old scoreboard watching. You glance, but if you get too enthralled in it, then... It, it, you pay the price. For example, if the Chiefs lose that game against the Titans on Sunday night, last Sunday night, they, they, the Bills lost to the Jets doesn't matter. Now they're tied up, even though the Bills have the tiebreaker. Uh, it looks, the world does look different, particularly with the uh, injury looming with Josh Allen. But you cannot, you glance at it, but you can't focus on it. If you do, you're going to be in big trouble. And if the Chiefs lose their focus at all against Jacksonville, they could be in trouble because the Jaguars have talent, young talent that's coming on brimming with confidence and coached by a former chief uh, offensive coordinator who knows about reclamation projects. So you glance, but you do not focus. Chacaroni hmm. available. Let's talk about that and the good work the Donaldsons are doing. Well, I'm going to go to this my happy place. place. Yes, the Chacaroni, it's a go-to, must-go-to, particularly for these primetime games that the Chiefs are seemingly on all the time, but this My Happy Place offer is where I want to go. Um, it's just the kids and families that need it the most. And many times, terminally ill children, it's just a sad deal, but they try to make it as happy as they can, and Papa John's and the Donaldsons are right in there with them. You get a large two-topping, pre-order cheese sticks, fifteen ninety-nine, and then Papa John's will donate a dollar after every one of those orders uh, to My Happy Place. Just look it up online, and you'll... You'll have tears in your eyes like I did when I first saw it. Uh, the code here, ordering online, is 1599 happy. 1599 happy. But I appreciate the folks at Papa John's and the Donalds. As do we, and as we do to you. Thank you for doing this, Mitch. We'll talk to you in a week. Appreciate it. Get ready for Travis EDN. He's a stud. Indeed, he is. Yeah, that's for sure. He looks yes, good. He is. Yep. Thank you, Mitch. Appreciate it. Take care. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, from the Chiefs to the Clones, uh, Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports Cycle Alert. He's next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Bets off. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you until 1 o'clock. David Kaplan kicks off our number two. Scott Dockerman covers the Hawkeyes and the Big Ten for the Athletic. He'll join us about 12.30. But right now, uh, Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports Cyclone Alert.com. We'll take a look back at basketball, forward with basketball. Uh, the football team, all of a sudden, a postseason pulse, potentially. A lot of peas there. Uh, but they're certainly in the hunt as they take on Oklahoma State before Texas Tech and then TCU. Nick Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Nick Olson? Guys, I'm terrific. This is one of the busiest weeks I've had here, and I'm really enjoying it. Glad we could still make our show. Absolutely. You'll be back in your normal spot on Monday, but uh, circumstances prevented that this week, and you were in the building. You almost had, uh, uh, who was uh, almost, somebody landed on your lap on Monday night. You and Williams. Uh, was it Holmes? I don't remember what it was, but somebody <laughs> landed in your lap uh, on uh, watching the game. Was it Holmes? That's my thought. Yep. Jaron Holmes was uh, yep trying to grab the ball. That was uh, 
certainly an interesting welcome to the 2022-23 season. But it was all good. Just a couple spilled sodas and a little laptop <laughs> case. No problem. <laughs> Let's talk about the basketball team first before we get to football, Nick. And then I want to say if you've got a busy week, I want to give you an opportunity to sh- uh, for, for you to share what you're doing. Uh, it was um, you know to be expected, right? That it was an overmatched team, but I, I like the way that the uh, that the defense showed up, like we normally, like we know that they're normally going to do. Your thoughts on what we saw on Monday night uh, from the men? Yeah, absolutely, Ken. You know, obviously Iowa State was a huge favorite for a reason, so a win was expected. But you know what really impressed me? A couple things. I'll say that I really liked the decision to bring Gabe Kelscher off the bench. I still think he's a top two or three player on the team. You know, I haven't been shy about saying that, but it just kind of allows the idea for him to focus a little bit more on kind of hunting his shot, getting into a shot in rhythm with that bench unit being one of the top scorers while still being a top, you know, three or four defender at least on the entire team. So that was something I took away. I, I really... I think I loved and embraced that decision, especially when he still played starters minutes, along with actually Caleb Grill. Those two got the most minutes. And then depth. That was a big thing for me because, you know, I've kind of felt like, perfect example, freshman Demarion Watson. I felt like he maybe has the highest ceiling of that freshman group. But, geez, it didn't take long for him to make an impact with a dunk, mm-hmm. his length on defense, effort. He looked really comfortable. Uh, you know, I've kind of figured that, wing slash post area to be a really good sign of depth for the team this year. And then I guess I would have to say the defense again. I mean, I expected that, but to force the amount of turnovers that they did, playing physical basketball while still being able to convert on the other end, I think there was a lot of good to take in what, of course, was an expected win for the Cyclones in Game 1. Definitely expected. Yui Pui last year, 3-26. and Their wins came against Spalding. Something Don't called sleep on Spalding trend. East West. And again. <laughs> and Bob Morris. Are you kidding me? Those were the three wins last year for the Jaguars. I uh Spalding's a real team. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Not a D one team, but they're a real team. I heard uh a fan that was at the game said that was as bad of a basketball team as they've ever seen. How was it up close? Mm. But yeah, that team was uh you know what? I got to give credit because those games are tough, right? Those mm-hmm. games where you're going in nearly 30-point underdogs at a place like Hilton. So I was impressed kind of by their their staff and the effort. I felt like they played hard really all 40 minutes, especially at the beginning of each half. Even Coach Otzelberger kind of noted that today in terms of making things, you know, maybe not the cleanest for Iowa State initially. But, yeah, just in terms of star power and, you know, offensive execution – uh, they've got a ways to go. And I will say I had never heard that ooey-pooey type thing <laughs> before I kind of got here. But I've heard it a couple times this week. Uh, East-West, certainly a powerhouse. But, you know, I, I felt like there was a lot of good to take for the Cyclones and, you know, respect to the effort of IUPUI as well. Let's get to football, and Iowa State moves a win closely. Still got to put two in the win column, but certainly not as daunting as it did uh, going into last week. Uh, they were supposed to beat West Virginia. They were favored to do so, and they did. I thought Hunter Decker's um, maybe his best game of the year. Would you go there with that? Do you think uh, Matt Campbell would say that that was uh, his quarterback's best game of the season? You know, Campbell, I think, and and this is kind of where I feel in it, I don't remember his exact quote, but I would say that he probably felt like that was maybe the most comfortable or complete that Deckers has looked uh, for a while. 
certainly in conference play, and I would without a doubt say that. I think he showed his highest ceiling in that Texas game. I'll just never forget some of those throws he made in the third and fourth quarter on those money downs, as they say, third and fourth down, to really keep the Cyclones in it and potentially win. But still, making great throws, being under composure, and, and probably the biggest things for me was kind of the going through his reads and making the right decisions. It didn't feel like he forced you know more than maybe one throw. And the offense, while it took a while, they, they showed me some of that rhythm and potential that I have felt this unit has for a long time and why I do believe that this team can and, and will make a bowl game. I've, you know, I would have hit the panic button if they didn't win this game against West Virginia, but because they did, they showed me a lot of things and they are still really getting healthy when compared to week, you know, three through eight, three through nine. I still think Iowa State can get there and I think they do. So I believe it's the last nine games between these two teams coming up this week have been one possession games. Is that right? Iowa State, Oklahoma State, dating all the way back to, uh, I believe, 2014, the last time you're going to find a game that didn't come down to one possession. Oklahoma State, though, for as good as they were at the beginning of the year, Sanders is banged up. They look broken. Feels like a really good chance at a win, something that you wouldn't have said probably two weeks ago against the Cowboys. Yeah, the way Iowa State looked, and, and you know, kind of the expectations I had on the Cowboys coming into the year a couple of weeks ago certainly wouldn't have felt as good as things really are now. I think that whether Sanders plays or not, he has been banged up. And, you know, what I've kind of been hearing and, and looking for is that even if he is able to go, won't necessarily be 100%. But, I mean, I think you guys would agree if Iowa State's defense can keep them in just about any game. Trent, you mentioned how close these contests seem to be. And, you know, Cartavius Norton is going to be a key this week and really the rest of the way. I think he showed why, you know, I've been so high on him really since spring ball. And I think he showed some of that burst over the weekend. I think he is a player that whether Jirel Brock is able to go or not, the Cyclones can lean on. Deion Silas should be getting a lot of love Mm -hmm. for what he did Saturday. And if you get a comfortable Deckers, that Oklahoma State defense, especially along the defensive line, has been a little banged up. I, I really do think Iowa State can get a win, and, and then you simply you need to win at home, and you without a doubt get to a bowl game. So spot on, Trent. I think it's winnable, and I think there's a reason that you know the line is one point either way from what I've seen, including Iowa State being favored. Maybe my biggest takeaway of the whole game, uh, other than the fact that it got him closer to bowl eligibility, was the fact when it was fourth and inches, by gosh, you know what they did, Trent? They lined up <laughs> mm-hmm. under the quarterback. So nice to see. <laughs> and you know what happened when they did, Trent? It worked. It worked. Um, did that draw a cheer in the crowd? Do you remember that, Nick? Well, I, it def- yeah, I can tell you it certainly did. I felt like, of course, the majority of that was because they picked up the first down. But, you know, I was happy to see that. Just obviously we've kind of talked about being a major fan of football, you know, watching for 21 or 22 years. I just feel like something like that in those spots, you know, it might not always be the answer. But I think in points like that, when you've got a, you know, pretty sizable quarterback and you're really having to go less than a yard, sometimes less than a foot, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it was the right call. I think it paid off. And, I mean, I'll say it again, guys. You know, I, I know I said it after the Texas game, but I'm someone to, you know, really try to give credit when things are looking good. And I felt like Tom Manning, Matt Campbell, and really that entire offensive staff, 
delivered a, a really mm-hmm. good game on Saturday, especially quarters two through four. I mean, that fourth quarter, it was honestly like you were watching, you know, kind of an offense that you hadn't really seen most of the conference play. And that's why I think there is kind of some, some frustration from the fans because it's, it, it kind of seems like, okay, what could the ceiling have been? But, you know, it's obviously important to kind of get some momentum going now. And I think both units have it now at this point as the defense has been incredible all year. Big day for you at CycloneAlert.com. It is basketball signing day in a huge class coming in, of course, for TJ Otzelberger. What do you have up on the site and what do you have coming for the subscribers? Make some news, Nick. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, this has been really one of the most exciting kind of lead-ups. And, and I will say that this morning, and I'm about to share it, actually I've got an alarm set right after the show to share it again. But basically, one of my favorite stories I've ever written, I was able to speak with multiple members of the Iowa State staff, including T.J. Otzelberger, parents of some of the players in the class, former you know staffers and colleagues of certain coaches on this staff, to just kind of get a better look at how Iowa State was really able to you know recruit among some of the giants of college basketball this year. And so that was up bright and early this morning. I actually was at Omaha Baloo's signing this morning as well, so that was a great opportunity. And, you know, there are three three articles up right now, guys, and, and three or four more coming. So it's a busy day. I'm really excited for today. I really am. CycloneAlert.com is where you can find it and read all of uh, Nick's toiling as he covers uh, basketball signing day. Nick, great stuff. Uh, thank you. We will talk with you on Monday, okay? Thank you, Nick Olson. You guys are the best. Can't wait. Thank you. Yep, good to talk to you. Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports. Hour two, right around the corner. David Kaplan kicks it off. Scott Dockerman on the Hawks and the Big Ten. Miller and Condon until one on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.9.